money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. I call it, like to call the tip of the week. So uh, this is this is a I'm, I'm excited to be able to share this one and and actually every week that I get to share this I'm excited to be able to share these different tips with you guys because they are the things that I think are the foundation of why we get together and why we have a real estate investor association it is to share tribal knowledge it is to go together it is to grow together and it is to make sure that none of us make mistakes in the process right. So if you guys are looking for a tribe that helps you uh, do that, uh, then it's certainly here as part of Texas RIAs. And every week we get to share a new tip. So if you guys would like to see some of our prior tips of the week, again, you can just uh, check out our YouTube channel. Just uh, uh, when you get to go to YouTube, you can just search for Texas RIAs. Again, uh, I can't tell you how to invest in any other state other than Texas. Some of the things I'll talk about tonight might be applicable in other states, but it is all definitely applicable here. So again, we live here, we work here, we invest here. So the things I'm gonna share with you uh, will be very focused on things that we need to know here in Texas. So if uh, for those of you guys who are joining us online, again, hello, and I'm gonna try and toggle, toggle this camera really quickly to see if I can uh, show uh, all of you guys that are here. So if you guys will wave, like with your arms. Oh, good, okay, yeah, there we go. Okay, yeah, that's how that works. Uh, so if you guys will wave, uh, thank you guys, appreciate that. Uh, so someone's just going like this. Uh, so, okay, yeah, you don't have to wave. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna throw up a gang sign, but I'm not gonna wave. I'll go, okay, we can do that too. So uh, yes, thank you for the double wave. You're making up for his gang sign, so this is wonderful. All right, wonderful, good. So, <laughs> so all right, I think we're back. So I wanna let all of you guys who are online uh, with us know that you can join us uh, uh, anytime in person. Uh, if you want to check out our schedule, you can just head on over to texasreas.com slash live. And as we go through the tip of the week, I'm curious to uh, ask the question, are any of you guys here because you are feeling like you're suffering under someone else's glass ceiling and not able to grow as a real estate investor? Okay, one of you. Two of you are taking pictures, so it looks like you kind of have your hands up. I can't tell. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, so, so, so a couple of you are. So, and I'll tell you, I had that impression too because I spent a little bit of time in corporate America um, after I finished my education, and I felt like I was very much uh, bumping up against a glass ceiling, and I felt like me working in corporate America, even though that was how I was socialized, right? Uh, go to go to work go to school, right? Get a good education and then go to work, get a good job, right? That's how I was socialized. And, um, you know, at that time I thought, well, I'm going to retire. And, you know, I'm sure we've put all of our numbers in the 401k retirement calculator to figure out how rich we're going to be, right? And then the market kind of goes like this. And then you, you have to get a defibrillator to kind of be brought back to life. And then, of course, you're working your tail off for someone else, right? And I mean, I don't want to say that, that someone else is evil, right? Because we're all entrepreneurs, every single one of us in this room, and hopefully every single one of us will be employing someone else at some point. It's not that we're evil, it's just part of part of it. But is it 
is it true that your your employers are probably making a little bit more money than you right now they are taking a lot of risk so i don't want to take that away from them but they are paying you what you know the market says the average version of you is worth right so for us as real estate investors i feel like a lot of people get into investing because they want to get past that glass ceiling because they don't want to be held down because they don't want to feel like their their income is limited right how many of you guys feel that way right yeah it's it's, it's okay it's good now um this is where tribal knowledge and really understanding real estate and real estate investing comes from. So let me ask you guys a question about how many houses does it take to, for, for someone to feel what I'll call financially free, where they feel like they're just collecting mailbox money. They can go and sit on a beach. They don't have to do anything anymore. How many properties is that? specific to that person and where that beach is located right if it's Galveston Beach okay that's that's one thing if it is uh, if you can call that a beach uh, if it is Miami Beach right something totally different well I'll say uh, on average for people in San Antonio what it looks like to be able to get enough mailbox money to um, you know be making ten to twenty thousand dollars a month is somewhere between 20 and 40 properties, somewhere between 20 and 40 properties to be able to get enough mailbox money. And the reason is because initially as you're starting to get mailbox money, a lot of that mailbox money is going where? To pay for, to pay for the mortgage, right? Because you're typically not buying them all cash, at least not when you get started. So it's going to the mortgage, it's going to property management, it's going to property taxes, it's going to maintenance, repairs, it's going, it's going not to you, right? So it typically takes a period of about 20 years and it typically takes most people uh, in the San Antonio market somewhere between 20 and 40 houses and the Austin market it might be somewhere between 10 and 20 houses just because the values are higher there and the Dallas and, and uh, Dallas Fort Worth and Houston markets it's typically somewhere between 20 and 30 houses right again just because of where the values are there so um, how many of you guys think that's achievable okay good how many of you guys have ever tried to get uh, a bank loan for any house? Any house, okay. Um, how many of you guys had to submit your third grade report card to be able to get that? Yes, yes. Well, what happens when you become a real estate investor? What happens when, any lenders in the room? I'm curious. Any lenders in the room? They're like, I'm not coming to this weaning because she's talking about the investor glass ceiling. She's going to say something bad about our lenders. I'm not going to say anything bad about lenders. I'm going to say maybe a little bit bad about some banks, okay? Or not, it's not, it's some of the rules and how they apply to us as real estate investors. So, so you guys said that you have some rental properties, yes? Do you mind if I ask how many? One a piece, okay. Um, so um, anybody have more than, more than like, Four. You might have more than about four properties. Okay, one person. So, so typically, once you get above four properties, even if you have great income, even if you have great credit, even if you have wonderful payment history, even if you have really high net worth, what does the lender say when you want to get the fifth one? Typically, you get capped at somewhere between four and ten properties. You might be able to get to 10, but it's kind of like a fool's errand. So it's basically, if you can also walk on water, I'd be happy to give you 10 loans. But most people are stopped around four loans. Four loans, that's it? 
Yes. Where did I tell you you want to be here in San Antonio in order to get to that 20 to 40, 20 to 40 houses. So did you guys know you have a glass ceiling as a real estate investor? You probably didn't walk in here thinking you thought, oh, this is unlimited. There's unlimited fix and flips, right? But you're not going to get unlimited loans from a bank at low interest rates. Typically you are capped at somewhere between four and 10. So how are you going to get to where you want to go as a real estate investor after you get that many? You're just going to wait and save for three to five years to buy the next one cash? Say again? Private investors? And, they, and they'll give you a 3% interest rate loan, right? No. So how are you going to cash flow on like an 8 to 10 to 12% interest rate loan? It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult, right? You won't be, that's not something that's sustainable. Ask anyone who started investing in 2008 and were getting loans that were 7 or 8% interest rates, right? It was hard to sustain it uh, through there because the properties weren't going up in value, right? They weren't doing their job was to make you rich. Uh, they, was, they stopped doing that for about five years where they were just basically flat. So how do, what, what do we do as real estate investors? I thought I was getting into this because there was no ceiling. I thought the sky's the limit, right? What do you do? Creative funding, creative funding. So one of the things that we learned very early on in our investing is how to buy subject to the existing financing, how to buy subject to the existing financing. And this is what allowed us to buy as many properties as we wanted to, right? To not have a limit. Now, um, you will find other limits as you uh, have been investing for a long time. Uh, and one of those limits that affects us here in Texas is something called the DSR. What's that stand for? DSCR? Debt Service Coverage Ratio. Yes. This is my nemesis. Okay. This is my nemesis. This is, this is the nemesis of every person who owns rental property in Texas that is doubling and doubling in value. Why is that? Because they want that debt service, service coverage ratio to be at a certain amount, but when, with the property taxes that we pay here in Texas, it's really hard to get there. So even when you get a bunch of properties, right? And you're like, well, I've got enough properties to get a commercial loan on all of my residential rental properties. A lot of times what you find is because they've doubled and doubled in value, you can't pull out as much money as you would like. Gosh, I'm gonna cry, I need a tissue. Somebody help me, that sounds terrible, right? I know what you guys are thinking. You guys are thinking, I know she said it wasn't the get rich quick uh, presentation, but she didn't tell us it was gonna be depressing. So, so, but I'm gonna give you the workaround for it. So, so I'm not just someone who's gonna say, you know, no to everything, but I'm gonna give you the workaround for it. And that is to buy property subject to the existing financing. So essentially you're finding a seller who will allow, who will sell you their house. So there's the deed of trust, right? There's the general warranty deed, and there's, there's the promissory note. So the person who owns the house is the one who has that general warranty deed, okay? Then there's the promissory note and the deed of trust. This is what you would sign to a Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, City, et cetera. So if they got their loan through Chase, as an example, and I bought their house and I, and I bought it subject to, meaning I kept their loan in place, that general warranty deed would transfer to me. 
that note would stay in their name. I would be paying that note. How many properties does that allow me to buy before a bank stops me? Unlimited, as many as you want. So what I want to get across to you guys um, is don't try and use all of your own cash. Leverage the cash that someone else has already put into one of these properties so that you can buy more properties so you can be sitting on a, a, a beach faster and a better beach, right? Uh, so, so, so get to know this strategy. This is the strategy that has allowed us to way surpass that investor glass ceiling to be able to buy more because you see a lot of new investors who get their first couple of properties and say, this is fantastic. And then they hit up against that glass ceiling and they're like, I don't know what I can do from here. I thought this real estate investing thing was really going to work. And as it turns out, I can't buy anymore to be able to build my passive income for those of you guys who are looking for passive income or to build my wealth for those of you guys who have owned rental properties for a while and have seen those values double and double and double. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I want as many of those as I absolutely possibly can get. That's why I said I have the Bluebell ice cream investing philosophy, right? We eat all we can, we keep all we can, we sell the rest. So that's what I want you guys to be aware of when you are buying properties. Every time you buy a property, you need to be asking the question, can I get it subject to the existing financing? Because you want to keep your powder dry for the ones that you cannot get subject to the existing financing. Does that help you guys? I know you were not probably expecting that, uh, but that's a little tribal knowledge I wanted to share with you guys, what we call it as part of our tip of the week. If you wanna see some of these other tips of the week, again, just join us on our YouTube channel. Uh, we give new tips of the week and we've got all the old presentations from probably the last, gosh, eight or more years out there. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.